Welcome to the first episode of the Phenom Media Podcast. I'm Cole Nevins, the founder and head publisher of Phenom Media, and I'm here alongside Yankee great and MLB great, Tino Martinez. Tino, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Today, Tino's here as a keynote speaker for today's ACIT event and had the great opportunity to talk to him for a good amount of time, just about baseball, his career, and everything else that goes along with that. So. On this podcast and this video, if you're watching, we are gonna kind of take a journey throughout your career. Let's start with your high school years. So, you grew up in Tampa, yes. born and raised there, and you won multiple high school championships down there as a varsity player. So, yes, we all know that as, as your career, you're you're a winner. You've won plenty of championships, plenty of awards. Did that somewhat spark from your beginning years as a varsity baseball player, winning all those championships? Uh, I, I think so, it did. Um, the school I went to, to begin with, Tampa Catholic High School, had won about seven, that, uh, seven state titles before I'd gotten there, and they had a really good program. And my freshman year, uh, I, was, I was a 14-year-old freshman and made the varsity team, and uh, we had a good team coming back. We had uh, Lance McCullers, senior, Lance Jr.'s father, who got drafted in the first round, mm -hmm. was a pitcher, Richard Monteleone was our first round draft pick, and I was a freshman. And our coach, Frank Pamui, had the confidence to start me in the starting lineup and batting fifth as a 14-year-old freshman. Just awesome, and, yeah. And I, and I had a great year that year. And just the fact that he uh, had the confidence in me to, to put me in that position boosted my confidence and really enabled me to just take off my career from there into college and into the pros. But he won the state championship that year. And once you win a state championship in your early high school years, that's all you want to do year after year is try to win and win again. You really think that translates to your MLB career as well? I do. I think that... Uh, you know, I, I went to the uh, College World Series at the University of Tampa as well, and in 88 won the Olympic gold medal before my professional career. So uh, I, I knew what it was like to be on winning teams and what it took. And uh, once I got to the New York Yankees team, it just, I just felt like those guys were all winners. You know, Derek Jeter, Bernie Williams, uh, Andy Pettit, Mariano, were all winners and we were on the same page as far as what our team wanted to accomplish. It wasn't about, um, you know, individual stats. It was about winning championships and that's what enabled us to do that. Mm -hmm. So after that start in Tampa and high school career and a really established, decorated career at, Ta at the University of Tampa, where it did say you were inducted into the College um, Baseball Hall of Fame. Yes, I am. So that's <laughs> awesome. So then you started in Seattle. They drafted you. They drafted me in 1988. I got 88. drafted, yes. 88. And I went to minor leagues from there. So minor leagues. Mm -hmm. And then in 1995, you, had your final, you finally had your breakout season. Yeah. A really good year in Seattle. 31 home runs, 111, 111 RBIs. What really clicked that year that finally brought you to the next level? Kind of, I mean, you had such a successful yeah. career growing up, and now you finally had to go through all the minor league stages, yeah. and then you finally get to that point where you're like, look, I'm legit now. Yeah, well, you know, I had a pretty good year in 1993, uh, just kind of breaking myself into the big leagues. Uh, and Lupin had just become our manager, and he had given me a lot of confidence as well and taught me a lot about playing in the big leagues and what it took. 1994 came along, and I started playing a little better. I had about 17 home runs, and and got hurt the last month of the season, and, which is disappointing. Mm -hmm. But at that point, I thought, going into 1995, I really felt like I belonged in the big leagues. And uh, it just really, things just clicked for me. You know, when I went to home plate, it didn't matter who I was facing. Uh, I felt like I was a legitimate big leaguer, a uh, pretty good hitter, and, uh, and had a great lineup as well that year with, uh, you know, Griffey and uh, I had A-Rod, Edgar Martinez. So I was in a good lineup uh, to hit in, in but uh, my confidence level that year just started growing and that's, I took off from there. So you mentioned you played with guys like Griffey and A-Rod and I was really curious when I was reading up on that and, and just remembering that, like, oh my God, he was on that same team as those guys. Yeah. A-Rod obviously is just developing yeah. into the player that he ended up becoming. 
did you, what, did you see any, I mean, obviously they saw the potential in it from the yeah. start, but like, what did you see from your eyes just from those first glimpses of A-Rod? Yeah, well, you know, the thing was back then, and I remember Lou Pinella watching videos of A-Rod in high school, and there was a top pitching prospect, I can't remember which one it was, and they had to decide which guy to take number one, the, the num had the number one pick. And Lou Pinella looked at him, watched him hit on the video, and said, that's the guy I want. He's mm -hmm. a big leaguer. And I was like, okay, wow. And then we got him, uh, and he got called up that year in 95, late in that season. And he hit, oh, it was first or second at bats, it's a monster home run to left field in, in the Kingdom. And he thought, wow, this guy's got the potential to be a, a great player. Uh, mm -hmm. As young as he was back then, he was 19 years old. And, and sure enough, you know, he became an unbelievable player for years and years. Yeah, and you got to play with Griffey as well, which is like yeah. unbelievable to think about. You know, playing with Griffey, I thought was the, the best player I've ever played with, the best player in the game, uh, offensively, defensively, the guy could do it all. Um, he had unbelievable talent, and that guy was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, he just made everything look easy and effortless. How about, how about him as a leader? Because, you know, that's one of his biggest qualities yeah. as well. Yeah, you know, at a young age, his, his leadership was basically, he wasn't a real verbal guy. But it was, it was him coming to the ballpark every day at 20 years old, 21 years old, with a smile on his face, reminding everybody how fun this game is, and just going out and playing hard every day. And, uh, you know, he played great defense. He was a great base runner. He did all the little things right. And uh, you just followed his lead, and, and, and he made you want to have fun playing the game, which was very important. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned before, you had that 1995 breakout season, and then went to 96, where you ended up signing a big contract with the Yankees. And not only that, but you succeeded Don Mattingly, legend at first base for the Yankees. Obviously, going to the Yankees is, is significant on his own, yeah. but replacing Mattingly as well? I yeah. Mean, what, what did that really mean to you? Well, it was tough, obviously. I really wanted, you know, I was so happy to get traded to the Yankees because I loved, I loved hitting in the stadium there, and I knew they had a really good team coming back in 1996. So, uh, you know, Donnie's career was cut short, you know, through injuries and all that. It wasn't like I pushed him out. So I didn't feel like, you know, the fans were on me because they wanted me instead of him. Uh, but getting there, it was obviously a tough situation because – the fans loved him. He's a Yankee icon, and uh, it was a challenge at first. Obviously, I struggled early on, first couple of months there, trying to impress the fans and you know just try too hard basically. But then I was able to just relax and start playing my game and just hitting the ball the way I was capable of, and, and just trying to blend into the team, blend into the lineup, and things just you know turned from there. It's funny you mentioned the early struggles because I was curious to see whether or not you were able to immediately adjust to that huge monstrous New York market that everyone always talks about how. It ruins players. I mean, you saw what happened with players in the Mets this season. You see guys like Edwin Diaz come in, yeah. get traded from Seattle, just like you, yeah. and he blows apart. So, I mean, what do you think is the significance of playing in that market? Is it is it as legit as everyone makes it seem? It really is. You just have to be prepared for it. You know, when I, when I played in Seattle for five years, uh, you know, when the games were over, you had three reporters at your locker. You know, mm -hmm. the Seattle Post Intelligencer, the Tacoma newspaper, and the new. Another paper out there, I can't remember the other paper. But three guys asking you questions about what happened today and uh, you know, game good or bad. And then you come to New York and the game is over and you got 40, you know, dissecting your every move. What, what, what happened in that area you made, the loss of game? Why'd you strike out three times? You, you just have to get used to answering all those questions, but also understand that it's part of playing in New York City and you just start understanding it, you play your game, play hard, and, and just give the media their time, but you just get used to it. Mm -hmm. It also helps have, having one of the best PR management in the entire league, if not sports, the Yankees, always helping you guys out. They do. Always seem to be one of the most professional teams in sports, no matter what they do, from management to coaching to PR, all along those lines. So that definitely was probably very helpful in the end. Very helpful now, and I know that um, the last uh, five or six, seven, eight years, I've worked for the Yankees, and one of the things we talk to the players about in the minor leagues every year is media relations and we'll show videos to them about what to do what not to do and 
and make sure they understand that when you have a bad day in New York, you talk to the media. When you have a good day, you talk to the media. You have to be, let them, you have to respect them, they respect you, but don't be intimidated by them. And they teach them that from day one so that when guys like Labor Torres get called up or uh, Miguel Andujar and those guys, they're so prepared to deal with the, the ups and downs of playing in New York as soon as they get there. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit here. October, 20, uh, October 31st, 2001, that fateful day where you had the highlight of your career. Game four, two outs, 2-1 two series in the ninth inning against the Diamondbacks. You knocked in a two-run home run to tie up the game. Obviously, the most iconic moment of your career. I mean, yeah. is, is it arguable? or No, that's, that's it. That that's, is. So, I mean, it. I'm sure you've told this story a thousand times, but, I mean, I'm going to go a little bit more specific with my question. What were you thinking before when you stepped up to the plate? And <laughs> after you answered that, the momentum that happened after, do you think yeah. that, how real was that? Oh, my God. It was real. It was definitely real. It was, um, obviously, it was during 9-11 uh, that year, and we just lost the first two games in, in Arizona. And so it was our game three, this was game four, back in the Yankee Stadium. And the crowd we had there was just, they were louder than I've ever heard in, in the entire, my entire career there. And uh, when I stepped to the plate for that at bat there, I'd never faced uh, Kim before. Young, young Kim was the pitcher. So he pitched the eighth inning, and I watched from inside the locker room on the, on the TV and to see what, he was, what kind of pitches he had. And um, he was throwing everybody a first pitch fastball, then sliders and sliders sliders. So I thought, well, if I get a chance to hit, you know, I'm looking for a first pitch fastball and just try to put a good swing on it. So those two outs, uh, Paul O'Neill walked uh, to get on base. And I was up there just thinking, you know, get a good pitch to hit, hit it hard somewhere and just keep the line moving. Basically just you know, hit a single, double, just let the next guy come up and knock in some runs. And I uh, got a first pitch fastball right down the middle of the plate. I hit it really well. I didn't know it was a home run or not. It was a, one of those long line drives mm -hmm. to center field basically. Had no idea it was a home run. And uh, when it went over the wall there, and I hit first base, the crowd noise was like I've never heard before. I mean, the stadium was shaking. Uh, you know, once I got to home plate and back in the dugout, the dugout was shaking, and the momentum shift from that point on of, of just about to go down 3-1 to the Diamondbacks to tie in the series just about was a whole different game. And uh, uh, the fans, the team, and Arizona Diamondbacks felt it, so it was definitely a huge advantage to uh, hit that home run, but not only hit it, but hit it in Yankee Stadium. Mm -hmm. And of course, in that time period, right after 9-11, I mean, you're in the heart of the epicenter of the entire event. You're in New York, and you're playoff baseball, playing in uh, late October, November. What was, I mean, obviously the significance of it was, was massive playing yeah. after that, but I mean, how, again, how real was that? Well, it was, it was, it was tough, you know, because when, when we had cut the season short there after September 11th, and took about 10 days off until we started playing again. You know, we didn't know we were gonna continue the season or not. Uh, we started in Chicago and played a few games there and they had a big crowd there. Then we came to Yankee Stadium and the fans in Yankee Stadium, when they, they were, we sold out every game and the crowd was loud. And we just felt like, um, man, we just gotta try to play good baseball for them. Uh, give those people who, well, everybody of New York, you know, three hours of entertainment to get their minds off of what's going on for a little while. Mm -hmm. And that's the way we approached it. Let's just play hard, just try to do it for the fans and, and see what happens. So it was, it was real, it was tough, but, um, you know, fortunately we got through it and, and, and life goes on. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's an amazing story that a team like you guys were able to be resilient through that entire time and power through. Unfortunately, you guys didn't end up winning the entire thing, but, it, I mean, it kind of makes up for everything you've won before. Yeah, but, you know, it was tough. Yeah, but... We, we wanted to win that one. I know definitely it was disappointing. That was a special one, yeah. It was. But I remember coming back to New York after we lost in Arizona. I had to spend a few days in New York to do some extra things there before I went home. And when I'd go to lunch with uh, Derek Jeter or Jorge or dinner at night, 
the fans treated us as if we won the World Series. They were like so happy and thanking us for mm -hmm. a great season. And we're like, we didn't win though. Yeah, we felt bad, but they just appreciated the fact that we uh, you know, gave them something to, to get their minds off the uh, tragedy for a little bit. Yep, so in 2004, you ended up returning back home to Tampa Bay, the place where you grew up, the place where you developed. What, what, what was the significance of returning back home to the place where you started your career? And do you, I mean, we see players do it all the time, returning back home. Is it, I mean, the importance of doing that, what's your opinion on that? It, it, was, it, was, uh, it was difficult because, you know, I was late in my career, I was, my career was winding down, it was great to go back home and play for a young team in Tampa Bay for Lou Pinella and, and, and the fans back home before I retired and, and got out of baseball. Mm -hmm. And you're a, you're a mentor, you're truly a mentor there as well. Was it, was it tough to accept that mentorship role? No, I was older in my career there, and, I, and we had guys like Rocco Baldelli, Carl Crawford, Aubrey Huff, uh, young guys uh, coming up there. And it was just nice to like, go there and try to help them, teach them the right way to do things. And we didn't win a whole lot of games, but I just felt like I could have somewhat of an impact on their career. And to cap it off, let's talk about some current baseball news, because, you know, you worked as a commentator for the Yankees in baseball tonight, so you definitely know your stuff. Yankees just obviously signed Garrett Cole, nine years, $324 million massive contract. How important is it across your career, you know the significance of having an ace on your team? Is, is it really that important to have a guy like that, especially come playoff time? Because this Yankees team is obviously only looking for the top of baseball and, and the crown in the World Series. Was this the right move? 100%, 100%. You get a guy like Garrett Cole, uh, we had Andy Pettit throughout those years. We had Roger Clemens. We had El Duque. We had a lot of aces, and they haven't really had one in the last few years. And a guy like Garrett Cole is the kind of guy that can, when you get in the postseason, you have that guy who's that number one guy, legit, that's going to give you the seven, eight innings and, and a lot of wins throughout the year. And those are the kind of guys that can actually change uh, the team from a, 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 a team that wins the ALCS or a team that wins the World Series, and he's that kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And we've obviously seen, obviously seen that the Yankees have been slacking at that ace position, that guy who can come in there. They haven't a guy, again, as you said, haven't had a guy since Pettit or Clemens yeah, right. who's come in and really closed the, closed the game for the Yankees and got everything going. So that's going to cap it off for today. Thank you so much for My your time. I appreciate you. it. And stay tuned for much more.